Welcome to Two Dudes in a Canoe. I'm Junior. And I'm Jordan. We're two pastors who do enough preaching. Instead, we just want to have some conversations about life. So come on and hop in. And if you haven't yet subscribed, we'd love for you to be a regular. Whether you're on a run, in the kitchen, or on your commute, grab a paddle, hop in the canoe. Let's navigate a river together. Leadership River. Really excited for this one. This one is going to be amazing. Not only is this a really good topic, but we have Junior, a guest, and is not a wife. This yeah. is our first real guest. Because our wives aren't real. They're made up. <laughs> this is the first guest jumping into the canoe a little bit later on. Yeah. Here's what's funny about leadership, Jordan. It's everywhere. Like everyone and their mom is writing a leadership book. Leadership yeah. conferences, and you and I have been to a few. Leadership podcasts, leadership trainings. It's so true. Why do you think we're so obsessed with leadership? I think it sells. Like most people want to be better uh, leaders, right? We love the idea of investing in ourselves. Plus, yeah. we tend to think of ourselves as having more potential than the position we have. Like a lot of us feel this feeling of being, I'm just like an untapped mine of gold here. If only people would see my potential more. That's so true. How many people are sitting at their desk thinking, oh my word, if they just knew how good of a leader I was, they'd invite me to that meeting. They'd promote me. They just, they just don't see it. <laughs> right. Which is so funny because that's actually a really jacked up view of leadership. That's yeah. thinking I need a title to be a leader. I need the position. But as John Maxwell says, leadership is influence. Nothing more nothing less. So if you're if you're a good leader, you don't need the title, you don't need the promotion, you just influence because that's what you do because you're a leader and people just follow you. Yeah, if you need a title to be a leader, well you're a pretty shoddy leader. So th this river is more about how to grow your influence. That's how to influence more people. This is going to be, I'm telling you, so good for your work and your family, your church, your community. You are responsible for your influence and no one else, and so we have to talk about it. But first, we have a highly influential segment that we can't skip oh, over. So highly influential. There'd be riots if we if we missed this. <laughs> we got river views. So today we have probably one of the most creative reviews. Is that what you would call it? Products we Because I'm sitting have. across me right now and you look like an idiot. <laughs> okay. These are called chip fingertips. And uh, the tagline is say no to cheesy, greasy, or sticky fingers. There's multiple uses. They fit all fingers. So basically, what you can't see me right now, but there's these green little covers. He has like green, <laughs> neon green silicone caps over his fingers right now. And their purpose is so that, I mean, it's the worst thing. If you put your hand in a bag of chips and your hand's all greasy and all nasty, all cheesy. I think that's the best part because then you lick them off. Oh, that's, well, no, that's, okay. I don't know. Well, Junior, okay, honestly, what would you re review this? I haven't even would tried you? these, and these get like a one. <laughs> what? Yeah, absolutely. Every wow. night I sit and I eat uh, sunflower seeds, the taki yeah. flavored ones. And then, oh, so and then good. You just, you lick and then my, my fingers have like red, and so I'll lick them, and then I, you know, wash my hands. Huh. I, how parts. many people don't actually wash their hands after that, though? I bet there's a lot. They eat their, they eat their stuff. They lick their fingers and then they touch other people. Oh, those are the people you don't want to share a bag of chips with. Or COVID. Yeah. Now, I don't think you want to share COVID <laughs> with anybody, but <laughs> we digress. So I would give these, so you're saying one star. I'm oh, going yeah. I'm going five star. I think these why, are- Why so high? Five stars. I think everyone could use these. Really? It was the fall of 2007. <laughs> it was a cold, snowy December night. <laughs> December and fall. My high I school love December in the fall. My high school basketball team was playing in the big school rivalry. I didn't play in any games this season, and I knew this one would be no different. 
And so the fourth quarter comes, and our teams are in a dead heat. The game is getting chippy while my stomach is getting hungry. Knowing I was going to cheer on my team from the bench, I reached in my bag and grabbed my bag of crunchy Cheetos. Halfway through the bag, my coach calls, Jordan, you're in. What? Me? Me? Are you sure? In my excitement, I jump off the bench with glee, and I wipe my cheesy hands on my white jersey. I run out, and instantly, my coach sees my cheese-dusted jersey, and he yells at me, Chunga, sit back down. For the rest of the year, everyone laughed at me and called me Cheetos Finger Chunga. So that's why this gets a five rating. Five stars. <laughs> so before we bring on our guests, something we got to talk about. Uh-oh. Submission. No. The dirtiest, most hated word around today. And while we hate the word, we have to talk about submission first because submission, it unlocks your leadership. Yeah, the fact very well may be you're sitting at the desk thinking, I wish they'd invite me into more meetings. I wish they'd ask my opinion. It might be because there's no submission. If you're not on board with what the company or organization is doing, if you're not supporting well, why would they promote you if they can't trust you? A while back, I heard Levi Lesko say something that really stuck with me. He said, you can't be over what God has placed under you until you can be under what God has placed over you. That's so good. If you can't submit, you shouldn't lead. The worst leaders are ones who haven't or can't submit. On top of that, the biblical order of leadership is first submission. You have Joseph, who submitted to Potiphar, Joshua, who submitted to Moses, David, who submitted to Saul, Jesus, who submitted to the Father. We could go on and on and on. So before we talk about three ways to grow your leadership, we're going to bring the guest on. It's going to be a fun conversation. We first got to have the not-so-fun conversation and test your submission. Oh, this is good. Three questions to test the quality of your submission. Yes. So first test. Here's the question. How does the word submission taste to you? Blah. Does this conversation bother you? Like I have friends that I grew up with who are awesome people, but whenever these ladies hear the word submission, they instantly start shaking. Oh, yeah. And they're like, I, I, uh, to be submissive to a man or even just the word in general. Or to it, a church. Exactly. They instantly hate it. Does, it. does this bother you? Right. So do you hate the word like that? Or do you love the word? Because in reality, submission leads to peace. Totally. I've seen it in my own family. Families that model submission have peaceful homes. Coworkers that model submission, they have peaceful offices. Jordan, I'd even take that a step further and say they have inner peace. Yeah. Like, I'll sit in a meeting and I'll fight for something. And if I don't get my way, and I've done this with you in meetings before, you know, we'll argue about a decision. We won't see eye to eye, and I'll just submit to the direction. And I go home, and I sleep great. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter because I'm submitting. Like submission in a way is a gift that I'm giving myself. It's leading to peace. On the flip side, how many of us fight for our way? We're constantly fighting for a decision and we never actually get there. And so we leave the meeting or a phone call. We're all bitter and hurt because we didn't get our way and we don't experience this peace you're talking about. So how does the word submission taste to you? That's a great question to sit in Yeah, because it says a lot about your leadership potential. If you don't like the word, you have a lower lid. Sign number two, can you champion a decision you didn't decide? Oh, this is so hard. And Junior, what we don't mean is can you run with a decision that you disagree with morally? Totally. What we, yeah, yeah, yeah. what we mean is can you champion a decision that you didn't make or wouldn't have made? So your boss wants to change, I don't know, the way the expenses are filed. And after you communicate your disagreement, you don't like how this new change is going to take place. Can you leave the boss's office and truly say, hey, whatever you say, let's just do it. 
and not go tell the rest of your team, I disagree. I knew this was this plan would suck. Or like you're just hoping it would fail. Right. And that's not easy to have that posture. A true sign of submission is submitting to a direction or a decision that you wouldn't necessarily agree with. That's that's when submission is tested. Without being about it, without letting all the disgruntled coworkers know that you agree with them. Hey, don't don't get mad at me. I don't like this either. Listen, that's not submission. No, submission isn't submitting only when you agree. That's not submission. That's just getting your way. Submission is championing and running hard even when you disagree. How do you do with that? The third test of submission is do you have a good rapport among those who lead you? Do you think your boss sees you as a constant headache? Or do, do people above you struggle to trust you because they think you don't have their back? Do you get along with people who are supposed to lead you? Yeah, I knew a guy a decade ago, Jordan. He's an older guy. Uh, he was leading under me at church. I was like a newer pastor. And anytime I decided something in our ministry, I, I could tell it just bothered him. And periodically, I'd hear from other leaders that he was just like ripping on me. So we sat down in the lobby and I was like, bro, what's your problem? Like, like, like we can't have this. This isn't good. This isn't fun. This isn't healthy. And he gave me this sob story. He's like, I, I never get talked to about decisions, whether at church. I don't ever get brought into decisions at work. My bosses, my whole life have, have, have been very distant with me. And I was like, yeah, but buddy, I get it though, because I don't trust you. I, I know you talk smack. You give, you give me a face every time I make a decision. Of course, those above you don't like you around much. Of course, they don't want to bring you into more conversations because you're difficult and can't be trusted. Come on, that's so sad. So sad. I mean, here's a guy who's, fe who's felt held back his entire life, and his career was insanely stunted because he just couldn't submit. He never had a good relationship with anyone who was in charge of leading him. That is why submission unleashes leadership. Oh, that's good. Because people who can submit well, which is an art form, but people who can champion a decision that they don't necessarily agree with, and people who can have good relationships with those above them, they typically end up being the ones later on making decisions and leading others. Man, that's it. This, this is exactly why it's submission before leadership. You can't be over what God has placed under you until you can be under what God has placed over you. And the truth is, God may have great leadership for you. He wants to put so much under you, but until you can do well with those who are over you, you're going to waste it. Well said, buddy. You know what else is well said? Canoes. Junior, I have some big news for you today. Mind-blowing, a little bit of nostalgia, and I want to see what you think of this. Okay. So I, I want. do you remember that purple pal of longtime mascot Ronald McDonald? Grimace? Yeah. yeah, was he purple? He was purple. Look at him. Grimace. You see, I'm showing you a picture oh, here. Oh, oh. Uh, what do you think he is? No one's ever known. Is McDonald's from McDonald's like the McDonald's crew? Yes. What what is he? What is he? He's a dinosaur. He's you think he's a big purple dinosaur? Yeah. So he's a fat one. Big fat purple dinosaur. I would go with like a teardrop. Oh, okay. Raindrop. Okay. Did he come out or something? Everyone's coming out lately. Did he come out as something? He identifies as something else? <laughs> as a gay chicken sandwich. <laughs> no, so here's the big news. He, McDonald's finally released what he actually is. Oh, this is big. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is Canoes, Judy. Yeah, so what is he? He is an enormous taste bud. What? He is an That's enormous That's really messed up. Taste bud. And he was always the villain eating the food. So he's not a dinosaur or a teardrop. He's a taste bud. He's a taste bud. There's your Canoes for the day. The more you know. <laughs> Our first guest in season two is stepping in the canoe. Junior, I think he needs an intro. Yeah, buddy. Hit it. 
He bragged a 2.5 GPA in high school. In Bible college, he raised it to an incredible 3.0, only to go on to seminary and bust out a 3.8. A traveling, lights-out speaker in his 20s. In his 30s, he planted a church, roofed houses on the side to put food on the table for his little children. In the 40s, he came to a struggling church of less than 200, now considered a megachurch. In his 50s, he authored the award-winning bestseller among authors and displays, The God Project. Today, when he's not in the pulpit, He's either flying over you in a plane or passing you on a Harley. His leadership, I am submitted to. It's freaking Scott. Gerald. Ziggler. Wait, is, is Gerald really your middle name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was named after my uncle, Gerald. Ger- Gerald was killed by the mafia. Killed by the mafia. He, yeah, he was a drug runner. He, <laughs> and, you know, I had four uncles who were pilots. That's kind of what got me interested in flying. When I was a kid, and uh, drug running is what got him interested yeah. in flying. Just for the well, record, <laughs> he, uh, he I, all all we knew was that he he had a twin engine airplane that he flew back and forth between California and South America, and you can uh, figure out the rest then. And then uh, I think I was uh, eighteen or nineteen when I found out that he was uh, shot and killed by the mafia in Detroit. Actually, your hometown. Shout out, Westside. Yeah, so Gerald named after a drug running pilot who was killed by the mafia. Well, Gerald, thank you for being on with us here. <laughs> hey, let's let's just call me Scott. <laughs> well, Scott, uh, I do work for you. Been working for you for seven, no, eight years now. I do want to give because I know you are Junior's dad, but I want to give you just some personal credibility because Scott, I always said if you were to die, I'd remember you for two things. One would be your leadership, and the second would be your rolly backpack that you always <laughs> yeah. roll around with. But but in all yeah. honesty, Scott, you are a heck of a leader. I mean, taking uh, a dying church multiple times to a thriving organization and where it is now. It's just awesome. And so I've learned so much under you and I'm really excited. Oh, thanks, Jordan. It really means a lot, uh, especially coming from you because, you know, for a young man, I tell you what, and and I and I, it's an honor for me to be on this podcast. I binged it, by the way, driving down to New Orleans to help my youngest son. But uh, I, I see you, both of you as being so wise beyond your years. And Jordan, you're such a valuable part of our church staff. And so that, that really does mean a lot. Unless he's wearing Cheeto fingers on his <laughs> fingers eating Cheetos, yeah. which is right next to him I right now. I absolutely love that story. That's awesome. So, Dad, you brought three ways to grow your influence. And I'm really excited for this because you've shared this multiple times in the last, man, probably more than multiple times, several times in the last decade in staff meeting. And every time you share this, I'm always motivated to go grow my influence. Yeah. Every time you bring up a leadership principle in our staff meeting, I turn to Junior and say, we got to put that on the podcast. It's so good. So why don't you share that with us? Yeah, I, you know, and, and I, I want to say this, that uh, leadership is not something that I ever, I ever saw in myself when I was young growing up. It wasn't something that came naturally for me. But as a young pastor, when I was church planting, I came to understand the huge responsibility that I had on me. Some of these things you just, you never get in seminary. You don't get this in Bible college. And I, I had to go searching for it. So the concept of developing the leadership within you was a big deal to me because as a young pastor, I realized I was so lacking in this way. I wasn't the guy that everybody followed in high school or college, and most people who knew me in high school and college, I've, I've heard it said a number of times from people I went to college with, in fact, what? You know, they can't believe I'm pastoring a church the size of our church. Not that, you know, it's such a huge deal, but 
because it just didn't look like me at that time. So it's something I had to develop in myself. And, and I, I love that you say that because a lot of us are sitting there thinking, you know, I love to be a great leader, um, but, you know, either I'm untapped or I'm just not at all. And so you're saying leadership is something that you grow in. It's, it, there, there, is a, there is a sense of natural ability yes. when it comes to it, but it is something that you can grow. There are some, yeah, I, I do believe there is a, a, there are some natural gifts that are necessary for a person to be effective as a leader especially as an organization gets larger, those gifts are more and more necessary. But a lot, most often I think that those gifts are untapped and unrecognized until we start pursuing it. And all of us can grow in whatever leadership uh, situation that we're in. We can all grow and become better leaders. Okay. Yeah, give it to us. Yeah, number first, one. First one, which was huge for me, and this was a step one for me, is to read everything you can about and by leaders. The most important reading for me was reading biographies. So um, just to stop you for one second, because this is the first time I've heard you say biographies. Ma yeah. Maybe you've said that before, but I've never picked up on that. Sure. Why biographies over, let's say, like a John Maxwell book on, you know, the... 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, which is a fantastic oh, book. Oh, it's absolutely, But yeah. why, why would you say a biography? Well, I I do believe in those books that you're talking about. And John, anything John Maxwell has written is very good and will be, help you in, in a lot of ways. But I think that the, what the biographies do is they help you to see these people uh, using those principles in practice at times when they're not necessarily knowing that, okay, I'm putting leadership principle number seven into this decision or into this event that we've got to put together. Instead, they're just doing it. And so you're able to see it in real life. And that was hugely helpful for me. So I, I say read every book that you possibly can on leadership by people who are effective as leaders, either by them or about them. That's really helpful. So Scott, give us one, maybe one of your top biography books that you would recommend. There's a, well, I would say, first of all, the, any biography on Ronald Reagan was, was is fantastic. Ronald There's a Reagan. lot of them that have been, been written that are very good. Uh, the biographies written on the Roosevelt's, both Roosevelt's actually are also very good with great leadership principles. Both of them were excellent leaders. All right, so give us number two, Dad. All right, so the first one's read, the second one's follow, and I'll give you a clue ahead of time. The third one's going to be serve, but let's go with follow because it's one thing to read about these principles. It's another to actually follow somebody who is leading effectively and to be able to put them into your shoes when you're in situations. Because when you get to know leaders, either by reading everything you can about them and listening to them or actually being able to be involved in whatever it is, some projects that they are doing to allow them to become a mentor for you, then you start to hear their voice. I, as a young leader myself, what I would do is I, there were a couple of, of leaders that I looked up to that, and, and honestly, I didn't know them very well. I wasn't in a, in a relationship where I could have a, a mentorship with them. I would have loved to, but I just, I wasn't. But I, I, I followed everything I could about them to the place where I knew how they would handle situations that I was involved in. And it was just a, it was a way to be able to put skin on some of these principles. Yeah. You know, I, I love, Andy Stanley has that, uh, ask yourself, what would a great leader do in that situation? It's, and yeah, it's a great funny, question. It's funny how much that changes your mindset when you're mm -hmm. in a difficult situation, you're kind of tempted to do the easy thing to go, well, what a great leader do here really changes things. But I want to, I want to include something in that dad, that that takes a lot of humility as far as following, because mm -hmm. sometimes what we can do as people is we either feel threatened by leaders yeah. or we want to critique them and bring them down to our level. But you're saying get underneath them in a, in a sense, submit to them and learn from them. Yeah, absolutely. Learn everything you possibly can from them. And of course, if pride is a major issue for you, then you're not going to grow your leadership because the only way you can grow your leadership is to recognize how far you have to go. 
And that was that was key for me as I recognized, man, I was I was doing a really poor job at this. I needed as much help as I could. And that's what helped me learn and grow. Yeah, I think a lot of young leaders and I feel this sometimes is just, again, that feeling that threatened or I just want to critique critique other leaders, bring them down to my level. Mm-hmm. But I, I love that. Have the humility to actually learn underneath them. Yeah, it's good. Scott, do you still do that? Do you still have guys that you look up to and try to put them into decisions? Are you kind of at this place now? Where well, I have kind of arrived, you know. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I, I hate to even joke that way. I really do. I hate to even joke that way because that I know that the moment I feel like I've arrived, I might as well just send in my resignation because I'm done. Not only do you stop growing at that point, but I think that once you feel as though you've got it made or you've got all the answers, you're not going to do a good job of even making the decisions that are in front of you. You're going to go backwards. Yeah, that's good. I love the arrive part. And that actually reminds me of a really funny story, Dad. I just got to hit the pause button here. You know, I had this quote um, a couple of years ago that I had in a sermon that said, um, once you've arrived, once you think you've arrived, you have. Just weigh under your potential. So I use this quote. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but I had Jordan give a Devo at in staff meeting a couple weeks ago, and he used that quote. And I was like, hey, I think I said that. And then he posted it on social media, and everyone was like, that's fantastic, Jordan. So I had to screenshot it and, uh, and send it <laughs> over. It was almost word for word, wasn't it? It was an original idea. <laughs> Listen, I was just channeling. I said, what would a great leader do? And then I just gave a similar devotional to you. But Junior, it's great minds think alike. We're two dudes sharing one canoe. All right, Scott, last one, third point. Yeah, let's read. Follow, serve is the third one. We've already been talking about the pride problem, and I think that's the number one problem that gifted leaders have in becoming effective leaders. Because just just because you have the gifts for leadership doesn't mean you're going to be effective. And what takes gifted leaders down and hinders their effectiveness is pride. And I think that uh, this third point is major in being an effective leader, and that is serving. Not just because it takes humility to do it, but actually it makes your organization so much more effective. And so you want to serve those that you are leading. Of course, in Christian circles, we talk about servant leadership quite a bit. The, the best boss that I ever had, and, and he was a Christian, I remember him saying, good managers spend their time feeding their employees with whatever they need to get a job done. And that's the kind of boss he was. And it was a job, I didn't know how to do, put these machines together. He did, and so he was constantly just feeding me with the instructions, telling me what to do, giving me the tools I needed, giving me all of the parts that were necessary. He never did any of the work himself. He was going from employee to employee, feeding them whatever they needed to get the job done. And it was fantastic. And then giving us credit for the job that, you know, the project that we accomplished that we could never have done. With. He, was, he was the know-how behind it. We, none of us had the brains to do this or the, the knowledge to put these machines together. He was the one that directed the whole thing, but he served us in being able to accomplish it and then gave us the credit. Yeah, you know, and, and that sets a, a good culture. It actually reminds me, Dad, of this summer when, um, you know, because you oversee the camp. Our, our church owns a, a camp, and you oversee that camp. But so often this summer, you're in the dish room doing the dishes from after everybody ate. And I had a lot of a lot of volunteers and a lot of student volunteers saying, that's awesome that that's what our leader is doing. And that set an amazing culture just of, of serving each other within the organization. I think too many bosses feel as though, okay, now I've arrived at this place. Now I need to have the nice office. I need to have people waiting on me, just telling them what to do and kind of snapping my fingers and getting it done. And uh, I, I think that's so backwards. Don't think of yourself as an authority who needs to be served. Think of yourself as a leader who needs to serve. You serve the people that are reporting to you, and you'll accomplish so much more than if you just view yourself as an authority. All right, so to review this, you're saying grab a book this week, preferably Mm -hmm. a biography. So read, 
uh, learn from another leader. So get under the leadership of, of a good leader and learn everything you can from them and then put into practice by serving other people. Yeah, because even if you're growing your leadership now, you might be in the early stages of leadership, but you, everybody is in some position where they are leading other people because leadership is influence. And so all of everybody who's listening to this, you are in some way, shape or form leading. And so put that into practice right now by serving the people that you will lead and you'll see that your influence will grow in in a great way. Well, Scott, that is inspirational. That is wonderful. But you're kind of jumping ahead because we have a segment called Try It Out. So, boss, I love you, but... For this week's Try It Out, I mean, those are three great principles, but let's yeah. give them one. Let's, let's just go with the down. first one. I mean, I think that just grabbing a book would be a big step for a lot of us. Yeah. A biography. A biography on a great leader. But we want to hold you accountable. So post that book that you are going to be reading. We want to see what books you're reading. Well, this river's over, Junior. Done. That's the worst part of the podcast, oh, the ending. So sad. But also, it's the best part because... We get to talk about our merch. Yeah, that's right. We got some great stuff. Man, you, I'm, I'm telling you, anybody who's anybody is going to be wearing two is going to be wearing apparel. Oh, unbelievable. If you do not wear it, we are judging you. And it is for the low, low price of $30. Yeah, that's not low. You ha- we have to bring the price down. Oh my gosh, 30 bucks for a shirt. These are embroidered. Yeah, but 30 bucks for a shirt. For embroidered I mean, shirts. 30 bucks for a shirt, though. It Okay, go look. It's an embroidered shirt. It's yeah. beautiful. No way. No way. You know what? We need the woman between our walls. That's right. Don't forget, I'm 2-0. Yeah, guys, so it's a t-shirt. I'm going to go with $25. Aha, feels good to finally get one, Jordan. All right. Catching up, buddy. Well, here we go. Our t-shirts are now $25. We're not going to make any money. I won't feed my kids, but you can feed them Cheetos. Cheeto-fingered Chunga. No! No! 